If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. It's over. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, if we've learned anything, it's that nobody beats the Denver Broncos 17 times in a row. 16 was enough before the streak came to an end in a snowy Denver when just about everything went wrong for when the Kansas City Chiefs had the football. Defensively, even in the highest scoring opposing effort against the Chiefs all year, yes, the Broncos busted that seal uh, as the Chiefs defense finally gave up enough points to reasonably lose a game that could have been the defense's fault. That was certainly not the case today. 24 points and the offense was putting the Chiefs in bad positions all night long. And there are some things that feel kind of broken about where the Chiefs are at right now. Not fundamentally, perhaps, but issues that we've seen rear their ugly head a few times already this year. And now they finally all combined to cost the Chiefs the game. It's a Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Josh Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Covell Hudson producing as well. we got to be out of here by 9 o'clock tonight so we can bring you Sporting versus St. Louis. Some uh, Kansas City football to hopefully wash out the taste of what was a horrendous loss for the Chiefs here today. On some level, the front end of this, you could say, keeping in mind Patrick Mahomes entered this game with the flu. And now we're all sick. But there are more meaningful things that I am concerned about that will extend beyond just today. But first, let's just, I want to lay out one factual thing just so we're all on the same page about what happened today. The Broncos ended up with 24 points, only uh, 21 of those mattered. The end, they, they had to kick it, you know, just putting the game away. The Broncos' three touchdown drives. One went 39 yards. One went 50 yards. And one went 10 yards. One thing about this game today that was similar to week one is that the opposing team broke 20 And it just wasn't the defense's fault. It just wasn't. There were times when the Broncos moved the football. And and look, when you start from the 50, you certainly have a chance. But the Chiefs defense did not get marched on today. Even though there were drives. I'm, I'm partially telling myself this before we get to what is really problematic. But... There were stretches of time where it's like, how many how many running back checkdowns into the flat can you throw? Or how many swing passes can you throw? Or how many screens can you throw? To where it was shades of the Eagles game from a couple of years back, right before the Chiefs hit the reset button on a bunch of their linebackers. 
and a Chiefs secondary that's been so good today that this year had a couple of plays today where they got they got climbed up. Jerry Judy up the ladder, Cortland Sutton. Those are really good receivers who made some good plays. But when 14 of the opposing team's 24 points, and, and the, the field goal also obviously came on a very short field. I just hadn't really done the math on that one. When, when 14 of a team's meaningful 21 points come on drives that began on the wrong side of midfield, that's just not where we're going to put the blame today. I'm just, I'm not even like entertaining it. The defense could have been better. There were a few chunks you didn't like. But they made stops. They had a blocked field goal. George Karloftis was all over the field, making some nice plays. This wasn't the Chiefs' best defensive game. I will give you that. But they are several degrees removed from why the Chiefs lost this one. McCall Hardman muffs the punt. That's one of the short fields, obviously. That one's pretty straightforward. If you want to yell about McCole Hardman, that's fine. Last week, people were yelling at me, asking if I still cared about the compensatory pick that they lost by trading for him. All of this works together. This is a, this is a, a, a big puzzle with a lot of pieces. No one individual piece got lost before this game, and no one individual piece ruined the puzzle. The issue is that ultimately today, the Chiefs were playing with some pieces from different boxes, missing some of their own. Nothing quite fit together today. Mahomes being sick enough to end up as a game day addition on the injury report, I did before this game think was a real important thing to note. I think that matters. But throughout the game, it just felt like his feet kept getting more and more jittery. And then on what ultimately ends up being the the final meaningful play of the game, which should have been a play before, or the fourth down play on the drive before. We'll come back. I'm kind of working backwards here. But on that fourth and 22, when there was definitely some sort of interfering with MVS, but it was essentially Hail Mary mode or whatever, I don't don't have enough energy to get mad at refs today, honestly. Also, that one that they called a hold against Travis Kelsey wasn't, so Chiefs got one of them back, whatever. No real energy for the refs today. On, on that play, I, I haven't seen a replay again since they replayed it live, but it, it looked to me like Mahomes just got kind of nervous in there, and then it tried to bail right, and he ran right into the defensive end when Jawan Taylor was there between Mahomes and the end, just kind of holding his ground, you know, maintaining a pocket. I've seen Mahomes look like he doesn't trust his offensive line before. And it looked a lot like what we saw today, especially later in the game. And Mahomes is trying to make things happen. And then what happens when he does go downfield? When he has the incredibly rare opportunity to go downfield? I don't know if it's his own issues, if it's Andy Reid's play calling issues, if guys weren't getting open and we keep seeing a lot of this deep coverage stuff that tries to keep the Chiefs away from the big play and make them dink and dunk. Whatever that, whatever gets us to that point, which we'll be able to understand more as we go back through the film. And I got a couple theories, but... And in and, and honesty, it's a little bit of everything. But Patrick Mahomes finally goes deep, fourth and two, a chance to swing one last thudding punch in this game that would give the Chiefs a chance. 
Sky Moore has Patrick Sertan beat. He's past him, and Mahomes throws a perfect pass, and Sky Moore drops it. It's something every week for the wide receivers. MVS has the fumble early on. He also has the play where Mahomes goes to him and the pass is broken up. And you can see on the TV when Mahomes is is telling MVS, a, what, six-year vet, come back to the football, gesturing back toward himself. Your quarterback's telling the veteran to come back to the football, a pretty quintessential thing. This guy who's still getting a lot of work in Sky Moore has a couple of targets and a couple of moments, and you go, all right, you know, maybe, maybe Sky Moore's got something to offer here. And when you need him to make a play, when he has a relatively rare opportunity, given how his year has gone, to make an impact play, it's through his hands. One of those Mahomes picks forcing it to, to Travis Kelsey, it was a bad throw and a bad decision. Don't don't hear me trying to clear Mahomes of any blame here. But that felt like one of those passes that was Mahomes saying, I, if I get any breath of oxygen to throw it to number 87, that is my first, second, and third choice. Because I at least know how he's seeing the field and I know what generally happens when I throw him the football. That was a bad decision. But I think that's kind of where it ends up. You get a huge play from Rasheed Rice. And a mixed bag away from that with an absolutely crushing drop. On the same drive, for what it's worth. A huge Rasheed Rice yards after the catch. Ends up with... Uh, Rasheed, actually, that wasn't the same drive. That was when Rasheed Rice whiffed on the screen to Jarek McKinnon. When it should have been four down territory anyway. That shouldn't have been the play that got called there. But if Rasheed Rice makes his block, things are different. It was on the eighth drive that the Chiefs ended up punting from midfield on fourth and five. Where Rasheed Rice bobbles that one on first down. The Chiefs kept the ball moving, but... Another moment when I think some of the confidence that builds up in these receivers, just a little air gets left out of that balloon. And then there is the fact that I mentioned fourth and five. Fourth and five from the Denver 16 earlier. Fourth and three from the four on the second offensive drive of the game, already down by a touchdown to the Broncos. We have the benefit of hindsight, but this was the case. I, I knew where we were going to go at the time if we needed to talk about this drive at all. And maybe this eventually is is all sort of white noise. Maybe no one cares about this anymore. I, I really can't tell. Because usually when we talk about it, people complain. But when we don't talk about it, it's like, hey, do you realize that this does actually matter? You're down 7 nothing. Second offensive drive of the game. Your first drive was a three and out and a painful third and 14. You get the ball back. You have a big play to Watson downfield to keep that drive alive. You run that silly little shovel pass to a wide receiver, which is different than throwing it to Travis Kelsey or even a running back. But it's a little 
option to Hardman, shovel to Rice. The same defender can cover both of them because he's just in the backfield. It's a play where you can lose a yard when you shouldn't have a play you can lose a yard on. You should run the football there and know for a fact that unless the snap goes over Patrick Mahomes' head, you're going for it on fourth down. Third and two from the three. Second drive of the game. Little option, shovel, lose a yard. Still, fourth and three from the four-yard line. What good do three points get you? You're talking about it being 3-7 or 7-3 instead of 7 nothing, Or, you know, a chance to not even score the touchdown. You could score the touchdown. It wasn't and goal. It was and three from the four. Get yourself a fresh set of downs. Run a play where Patrick Mahomes plays actual football instead of close-up magic. And that's one of the big picture things from this game. So that's a bad Andy Reid decision there, and he had plenty of them today. Those decisions matter when we're talking about a sport that does come down to inches, comes down to tiny percentages. Maybe let Patrick Mahomes play football in crunch time situations in the red zone. Now, the red zone continues to be an absolute nightmare for the Chiefs. Specifically against the Broncos, apparently. But here are my two big things on the Chiefs' offense. Then we'll take some calls and we'll eventually hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, whoever else at the podium in Denver. The Chiefs get to bring that back on a plane ride and then take that on a plane ride to Germany. So that'll be fun. Not envious of their travel plans. But the offense simultaneously felt stale and gimmicky. Matt Lane of KCSN, right, right as I was kind of putting that thought together, tweeted that he's just lobbing a, the Rolodex of junk plays because basic, simple concepts can't work for a myriad of reasons. He said, he tweeted something else that I, I swear I was thinking, but I could never prove before he tweeted it. It's like a group of five school just throwing everything they can against a team that, that is talent-wise better than them, and they're just doing whatever they can to make it happen. It felt like that, but the Chiefs are playing the Denver Broncos. They're not Boise State. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's confusing, but I think that's what it is with the offense right now schematically, and, and maybe Andy Reid and Matt Nagy are saving the good stuff. Maybe Matt Nagy and Andy Reid are out of new ideas. I tend to think that out of ideas is overstating it. I, I don't believe that it's to that extreme. But right now, it's a lot of variations on a lot of stuff that we've seen before with players who are not exceptional. And it just feels like when the Chiefs need a yard or two, or even when they need a chunk play, it's okay. What's the window dressing going to be? What are we not going to, what are we going to see here that we haven't seen before? Or what are we going to see here that's a lot of moving parts and all this stuff going on? And it's really discouraging because you have a quarterback who is undeniably the best in the world. And so frequently it feels like he's playing globetrotter football. And I just, I just don't, I don't want to even say I don't understand it. Because what I think it ends up coming around to is who, who do the Chiefs actually like when they're just playing football? 
even like future pass-heavy, creative offensive football. MVS is out there a ton. Sky Moore is out there a ton. I know we all like Justin Watson. He's not a special receiver. Look, look at the contract he got. When he eventually, after next year, ends up somewhere else and becomes just a guy again, you're going to go, oh, wow, the Chiefs really, we all kind of, like, a cult, we made a cult hero out of Demarcus Robinson. Rasheed Rice has some of it. Like, I think there's still hope that that goes in a good direction. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is special, but opposing defenses know that. And this offensive line is not special. It might be fine. But wherever they are in their timing and their comfort level with each other, today they were not comfortable. If that's the communication across the line itself, if that's Mahomes' trust in his tackles, if, there were a handful of times when Mahomes looked like he wanted to step up desperately and couldn't. I don't. I, I, it's very, very difficult to speak definitively about things like offensive line play, and it's even more difficult to talk confidently about wide receiver play when all we've seen is the broadcast view because we don't really know what's happening downfield. But we can see what Mahomes does. And today, Patrick Mahomes looked like a guy who did not trust his offensive line or his wide receivers. And Andy Reid looked like a coach who did not want to have Patrick Mahomes on the field in third and fourth and short, making Patrick Mahomes plays. Now, can he make those Mahomes plays with a supporting cast he doesn't like or doesn't trust or whatever? Maybe not. But that, that was the feeling today, having to extrapolate from the quarterback's reactions to everything else going on. I just don't know who Mahomes had any faith in. Again, we are going to have to get through the show a little quicker today. Not a ton quicker, but a little quicker today with the Sporting Kansas City game coming up tonight at 9 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We're going to take our first time out here. If you're on hold now, we'll take the calls that are on the line now, and uh, we'll come back and do that before we hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and whoever else is at, at the podium. The Denver Broncos end the streak and defeat the Chiefs 24-9. to We'll talk a lot more about that next in the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. And the Chiefs get it over and down. First and ten, they go outside. Rice gets by Singleton. Back at the speed. He explodes downfield. And finally went down that sideline by Moreau. A catch and run by the speed merchant for 39. And a first down to the 21. Well, we talked about yards after catch. Rasheed Rice catches his ball right near the line of scrimmage. He's third in the NFL in yards after catch. And you can see why. The speed to get around the linebacker, Singleton, tight roping that sideline. The second... There wasn't a ton of magic for the Chiefs offense today, but that play from Rasheed Rice via Patrick Mahomes is our Magic Mahomes moment brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local Champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com and don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising, championhomecomfort.com. Longest play of the game there, 39 yards, Mahomes to Rasheed Rice. There were a couple of throws here and there, but ultimately uh, that might have been the most encouraging. I think that was the most encouraging thing the offense was able to uh, take credit for all day long. We will uh, hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on. Um, Dylan, I don't know if to your eye, if you've seen anything, if we're expecting anyone other than Reid and Mahomes at this point, 
Um, the road game after a blowout loss against a divisional rival that you've dominated the last 16 games uh, feels like we we should we always expect at least three players, but we'll have to keep an eye out and see. But um, if one ends up coming up to the podium, I may have to put somebody back on hold. If not, we're going to get through everyone who's on the line right now. Opening things up with Kyle. Kyle, you're on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Post Game Show. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, Josh. How's it going, buddy? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I mean, I wish tonight was a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, hey, a few things I want to say. First thing is, is there – this is – from what I took away from the game is when court, when the trade deadline, I don't know if the Chiefs have got trade capital or if we got salary cap, but now would be a good time to go get a, a good – wide receiver off a bad team like a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, like a veteran wide receiver to help these young wide receivers out. I don't know. I'll leave that. I'll listen off the air and, uh, with that uh, with that question, Josh. But another thing I want to mention is our defense. If it hadn't been for McCall Hartman's muff punt, I think our deep, I think it would have been like 14-9 or 17-9. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'd give up. I don't think it'd be 21-9 or 24-9. I think it'd be like somewhere around there. But it's just frustrating that McCole Hardman, there's a reason why we got rid of him last year. It's because of this. I mean, I know he had a good game last week, but he he showed inconsistencies always throughout his whole career. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and with that, Josh, I'll listen off the air. But thank you for taking my call. Of course, Kyle. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's just an atrocious second game back from Nicole Hardman there. He hasn't really gotten involved in the offense in a meaningful way yet, and that muff is just backbreaking at that point. It wasn't the reason they lost, I suppose, uh, but it is pretty much it is pretty much a backbreaker. Dylan Mark, smiled and marked that. I don't even know what I said. I don't even, that doesn't even matter. I'll find out. Fantastic. Even even I'm a loose cannon today. Um, and Kyle, I imagine your question on, at the top end is one that a lot of people have. It's a question I have. Look, guys, DeAndre Hopkins looked really good today. He looked real good. Will Levis also looked good. But DeAndre Hopkins looked real good today. And it wasn't just the uniforms, although it definitely helped. He and the Titans turned back the clock today. Probably would have been worth it. The Chiefs were in a tough cap situation. They still are now. So this is the other thing. Again, like the names you mentioned, going to the Bucks is a is a perfect destination. I would I would happily hear out the Broncos on Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. I really I would love to hear what the what the price point would be. But the Chiefs have very 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 little in terms of current salary cap and in terms of what you're going to give up reasonably to to make a move. I I have been perpetually a little underwhelmed with this receiving group at this point. That doesn't make me any smarter than anyone. But, I mean, it, it is a group that needed to prove some things. It feels like they've about given up on Kadarius Tony, which is a bummer because he's the one guy on this roster who I, like, actually would kind of like to, to see or hear from a little more often. But it's not where things have settled now, and I just don't know who the options are. I think they've kind of made their bed. I mean, trade deadline... They, look, man, Julio, didn't Julio Jones catch a touchdown today? If, if there were a couple of little moves they could have make, could have made, they made the ones they did, they brought back McCole Hardman, I just think that's kind of it. I know it's not very satisfying, I'm not happy with it either, but I just think the receiving, the receiving room right now is what it is, and what it is isn't very good. And Mahomes did not play a good football game today. I feel pretty confident about that. I'll be excited to see the All-22. My guess is also this is a game Mahomes would, would want back. 
Um, he will do his post-game press conference, by the way. I wondered about that, if it was like, you know, what his physical status actually was. So we will hear from Andy Reid. We will hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but first, back to the phones to hear from Bo. Bo, you're on 810. How you doing? Hey, Josh, I disagree. They can go to the well and get something done with the restructured contract. This wide receiving core is just hot garbage, man. And we see it week in and week out. I mean, it's all these short passes, screen passes, you know, with even uh, Nagy. I mean, you could see the offensive. I mean, it's just no movement. It's short passing game whatsoever. I, I think they could get out and get somebody like a Mike Jacecki to help out Travis Kelsey or Zach Ers. There's some ways you could structure some money and, and see if the other team or go after Hopkins or Marquise Brown or even a running back, to a one-two punch with, with uh, uh, Pacheco. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you tie up all this money on this offensive line that is played crap today. I mean, and it's not the first time this year – we see this offensive line play like this. And you're tying up so much money. You could have took that money and got a playmaker for the crap you're getting from them right now. I mean, the pass protection, he doesn't trust it. Yeah. There's nobody open. Nobody could catch. There's got to be somebody out there that they can do and they can build structure. All this off the air, man. Hey, Bo, I appreciate it. And I don't look, man, I don't really disagree with anything you said other than who are they going to restructure? They they already moved Tooney money around again. I'm on over the cap right now. I'm hitting the restructure button. There's no money for, for Joe Tooney to free up right now. Um, Chris Jones isn't restructuring. It would just be an extension, and we know how that all went, where that settled in. You get a little money for Travis Kelsey. If you're going to make a move, I wouldn't be enough for Hollywood Brown. Here's the other thing I should mention to your point, Bo. Part of a trade can be, we also want you to pay this money. That was the report about Hollywood Brown last week, which is still kind of a weird fit to me. Uh, but it was, hey, the Chiefs might be interested, but the Cardinals would need to pay almost all the salary. And I, So I should mention that, that there is an open door there in the salary cap math that can be, we're going to give you this pick and you're going to pay this money. A lot of it I still think would be pretty out of out of character for the Chiefs, although I do think it's more interesting at the tight end positions. Uh, you know, I've we've kind of jokingly talked about Kyle Pitts a lot. I would love to seriously talk about Kyle Pitts. Uh, finding a different way to find a little spark there is something. Here's the other thing. This isn't this isn't me arguing against it. But who who is the like least active wide receiver on the Chiefs right now? It's McCole Hardman. So if you're gonna trade for a receiver. Who's the guy getting knocked down in the in the rotation? It's probably McCole Hardman, who you just traded for in a pick swap and, and uh, by all appearances, essentially forfeiting a, a fifth-round compensatory pick. Well, you got some assets there, and all of a sudden, is the team going to need a second-rounder for an impact player? Are the Chiefs willing to do that? They're not going to trade a first-round pick for a short-term thing, certainly not for a veteran. I don't think there are bad ideas, everybody, just for the, just to be clear. I don't think the idea, the Chiefs roster, I am also unhappy with. I want, if you, if you went quarterback agnostic, where does the Chiefs roster fit in the NFL on the offensive side, personnel wise? If you remove the quarterback from all 32 NFL teams and you said, here are these offenses, you've got Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and then a bunch of dudes, a bunch of guys. Where does that fit around the rest of the league? And I think in this offensive line, I think it's probably lower than you want it to be. I also, while we're here, before I uh, bring in Gary, while we're here, I'm going to pick him to be the Dolphins next week. I'm going to I'm going to be here at 8:30 in the morning. I think we're going to do a morning brunch time post game show. 
I think we're going to do a post-game show after the Chiefs have beaten the Dolphins in Germany. I'm not betting my life on it, but I think that's what's going to happen. I'm 60-40 or something right now. 70-30. I don't don't know. It's going to be an interesting game and a close game. But that's my baseline, and I'm still right there with you, everybody. Extremely frustrated with this the team's deficiencies where they are. All right, next up, we're going to go to Gary. Gary, tell me how you're feeling. I tell you, but then the FCC would get mad. <laughs> give me the give me the uh, abridged version of how you're feeling. Uh, horrible. Yeah, that's just putting it nicely. Yeah. But after watching that game today, I said and I'm going to talk about the offense and the defense. Defensively, I said two weeks ago, if the Broncos had just run the ball all night, they probably would have won that game. And the Broncos didn't abandon the run today, and it showed. We got the ball for one possession in the third quarter because we couldn't stop the run, and the Broncos held on to them. What was the time of possession? I'm, I'm kind it, of it was nuts. It was nuts. As a as a time of possession uh, agnostic person, um, it was, hey, you know what? The Chiefs actually evened it out, 33-26 to 26 by the end. Round okay. up 34-26. Uh, Spagnuolo needs to realize, too, with the corners, get up there and press those guys. You want to cut down on the DPI, press them at the line and throw them off the routes. He acts like he's got Derek Thomas and Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge that can that can just knock the quarterback out, but they don't. And offensively, outside of Mahomes, who's the only one that I would keep right now, the two tackles today, they were turnstiles. Jawan Taylor's getting paid too much money to play like that. On the final sack, did you see Donovan Smith just pretty much standing there watching his quarterback go down? Didn't try to help him at all. Didn't even try to block the guy. Just stood there he watching. He should get credit him. for the sack. Yeah, he should. I would have. Uh, and the receivers, they're not. Some of the guys don't want to be here. MBS doesn't want to be here. I think Sky Moore is playing his way out. But you're not going to be able to do it, even if they make a trade at the deadline. Receivers that come in middle of the season here, and we've seen it, they don't see the field except it's for gadget plays because yep. the playbook, I guess, is too expansive and you got to have a degree from MIT <laughs> to understand it. And Andy Reid's too hard-headed to dumb it down. I just don't understand it. And and I know people are going to – I miss Eric the enemy. Mm. That guy, they miss that intensity. They miss that guy that's not afraid to put his foot in your rear end. And tell you how, if you look at that sideline today, at the end of that game, faces were down, shoulders were, nobody was angry, nobody was showing any emotion. This team shows no emotion. And to Andy Reid, the field is vertical, not horizontal. They're, these plays he's running are ineffective. You don't have the personnel to do it. Your receivers are all the same type of player. Your running backs are all, there's no, they're ordinary skill players everywhere on this team, except for Kelsey. They're ordinary. They're running backs. They're all the same type. They're all little. They're all about five ten or lower, same size. They all do pretty much the same thing. There's there's nobody that has that does something different. The receivers, yeah, you've got MBS who will occasionally go get a deep ball, and I mean occasionally. You've got Sky Moore who just doesn't care. And and I've brought this up before. What do we have against drafting power five receivers? Yeah. What what is this organization's phobia? Because if you look at the productive receivers in the league, they're all from Power Five programs. You see, maybe Tyreek Hill might be the exception. Adam Thielen, that's it. Mm-hmm. But we need some, we need to get Power Five receivers, guys that have played against big time competition, guys that can come in right away and make an impact. Because 
you're going to get your quarterback killed. And at what point does Mahomes start to feel like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay that I've got to do this all myself and they're not going to have the cap space for a long time to be able to do anything because it seems like when they have a little cap space, they take it all up with one big signing every offseason. And I just don't understand. And, you know, for all the flowers Brett Beach gets thrown at him, he needs to have a few arrows flung his way too with the drafting of the receivers, the way he's done that, the way he's handled the tackle position. It's just he needs some arrows flung his way too. And to expect this team to go win another Super Bowl as is, I don't know. And like I said, this is an ordinary offense, and they're not scaring anybody. It's it's just horrible, and I feel sorry for Mahomes. I'll hang up and listen. Great show. Hey, I appreciate it. I think the thing that you said there that might have actually been my favorite and favorite being very subjective here. I didn't enjoy it, but I think it's right, and it's devastating. This offense is downright ordinary right now. It has long stretches of feeling that way with an extremely extraordinary quarterback. And look, I again, I told you I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs beat the Dolphins, and I'm going to, if I had to bet right now on where the AFC Championship game will be played, I would still probably bet on Kansas City, Missouri. Would be would be my best bet right now. But when you have Patrick Mahomes and you can reasonably say this offense looks ordinary, somebody bleeped up. And really probably a lot of somebody's bleeped up. I think that's a good, frustrating take there, Gary. Frustrating because I agree with you. Frustrating. not I guess not frustrating because I agree with you. <laughs> well, the Freudian slip. Frustrating. Because that shouldn't be the case, but a good take because I I think that's true. All right, next up, we're going to Double J. Double J, you're on 810. Appreciate you waiting on hold. What's going on? Uh, embarrassing today. That's how I can describe this game. Got out coached, got outplayed, and I think we were kind of looking forward. We were looking ahead to next week for the Dolphins game instead of going not to play the team in front of us today, so just we didn't deserve to win that game, so hopefully we can bounce back uh, next Sunday and beat the Dolphins in Germany. It's going to be a tough one. They're going to have to bring their A game next Sunday. And, uh, luckily, KU won, so that kind of helps the loss today, and uh, hopefully Sporting can go out, take two out of three from uh, St. Louis. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, all that's not fair. Appreciate it. Double J, I appreciate you. Yes, certainly. Again, Sporting Kansas City against St. Louis. Game one tonight here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. A little less than two hours. We will be out of here at nine to make sure Sporting can take over from there because hopefully that will be a little reprieve of some of the sadness here. Again, that'll be right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Last call for now and probably because of the nature of the show today and with Sporting coming up, probably the last call on the show tonight. If you want to talk more tomorrow morning from 10 to noon, we'll be open to take calls in the zone. And if we have a little time at the end, we may open the phones back up. But just because I want to make sure we, of course, get you to the sporting action and are able to still talk to Matt Derrick, bring you the audio from Denver. Last call, at least for a little while. And this call belongs to you, Travis. Tell us how you're feeling. JB, I'm having an okay day. So I want to go all the way back to the year that we took most I mean, I think this goes back to Brett Veach. He's a wide receiver. Look at the misses. McCall Hall. 
would you rather have Nicole Harbin or you know AJ or uh, who uh, DK Metcalf Brown? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, we took Sky Moore. Would you rather have Sky Moore or George Pickens? I mean, yep. like I just feel like either it's either Brett Beach and his evaluation, or it's Andy Reid telling him these are the guys that I want. But the wide receiver position has got to get better, and I don't think going out and getting one now is going to help you. I think they're yeah. they've got to, they got to lay in their own bed now. Um, but I think the bigger thing that I noticed today, and I think it's been a microcosm of the entire season, is Mahomes doesn't trust anybody on his offense but Travis Kelsey, and then in turn, I don't think Andy Reid trusts Mahomes. I agree, and and that's an Andy Reid problem. Like he, you've got the best quarterback that many who have watched football for a long time would say is the greatest to ever play the position. You don't run you don't run the, the, the game side to side. You run it vertical. And tonight they just it was running back I mean, that was the weird was it not the weirdest play call? Play calling all night long, just the, the little dump passes. Um, the little dump passes to the running backs and the flats that would go nowhere and then Mahomes would get the ball and the offensive line would block and block and block. And it's like he I, – I find it hard to believe. I mean, maybe it's his fault. Maybe he didn't feel well. But this has been kind of been how it's been all year. I, something is completely uh, fundamentally off with this offense. If, if the offensive wide receivers can't get open to, to in the space that Mahomes likes it, then they absolutely have to overhaul this position. In tonight's game, and people are going to hate me to say this, Tonight's game is why they don't, you don't re-sign Chris Jones because you got to put money in this offense next year. You cannot send this same offense back out there next next year that's out there now. Maybe they'll get better. Maybe they'll win some games. Maybe they'll even win a playoff game. But does anybody in this city truthfully and honestly believe that they can go and compete for a Super Bowl the way that the offense is right now? I mean, I love my Chiefs. I love my homes. I don't think there's any chance in hell they go out right now and win a Super Bowl with the way that Andy Reid is calling plays and with the way that the wide receiver, the wide receivers and the offensive line are performing. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but and this isn't me overreacting. This no, I hear you. Watching from week one to now, like yep. it's they've had two good games offensively, and the rest of the games have been like this, just not as extreme. Travis, I appreciate it, I, and I'll, I'll respond to a whole bunch of that and let you go here because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in that. One being, the look, I, I will say, yeah, no, I do think that this Chiefs team uh, can still win a Super Bowl. I think that is me making a bet on what is still potentially to come. And there being some amount of growth, this not being the standard, that this is an outlier in some way, shape, or form. Because the team that beat the, the Chargers last weekend, that team looked like a Super Bowl-ready team. This team today absolutely did not. I'll be very interested to hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Reid. We'll do that on the other side of the break. But I, I think he made some interesting points, Travis. I think this offense right now does have an identity problem. I will say, I, paying Chris Jones is not my concern. You're, you're also paying a lot of money to a guard and have moved more and more money down the road with that with Joe Tooney. You're paying a lot of money to your right tackle, whose cap hit doesn't even kick in until next year. And you're paying Mahomes a lot of money, but really, it's it. MVS is an 11 million dollar player this year. I I think it's even. I think it's less about certainly less about Chris Jones. I even think it's less about the, the their salary cap is not irresponsible, which is kind of a wild thing, and on some levels maybe frustrating. If they're more productive players, 
when they make their bets on these wide receivers, paying MVS to be like a legit number two wide receiver, drafting Sky Moore in the second round, trading a third rounder for Kadarius Toney. Rasheed Rice looks like he's working in that direction, but Juwan Taylor underperforming. Donovan Smith for the one year, like minor deal he's on, has at least performed about to expectations. Juwan Taylor, I don't think has. And there are just so many things falling apart around Mahomes that he has seemed jittery and nervous and forcing things. And all of that to me is still the most concerning part. It's also the most fixable part. I don't know if there's a line for Chiefs Dolphins yet. I'm excited to check it out because I wonder if that's a a case where the lines swing and we get a, a sign of what public perception really looks like. This is a frustrating one. And it's going to be frustrating to the Chiefs all the way back to Kansas City, all the way to Germany, and then hopefully all the way to kickoff of that game early next Sunday morning. Then the Chiefs have a bye after that. Chance to cure a lot of ills next week. I think they will cure some of them, but it doesn't make it feel a whole lot better to say the final score. Denver Broncos 24, Kansas City Chiefs 9. We will hear from Justin Reed. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. We'll start doing that next in the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Third down and nine, 13 of the Chiefs. Wilson is back. Finds the escape latch. Finds time. Walked and taken down. Paroftis and combined to bring down the Broncos quarterback. It's the fourth. And the ball is back to the 20. They lose six. And Kevin, you mentioned the impact that Aminahu had last week as we watched the coverage. Nowhere for Wilson to go with the football. But Aminahu, a week ago, with his first game back off suspension, played only 50% of the snaps and had two sacks. And it's blocked! It's blocked by Reed! On the kick by Lux! In a day that was not very sweet, that is our sweet play of the game. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Introducing Cannoli Thunder Concrete at Andy's Frozen Custard. This Italian stallion of flavors is made with fresh vanilla frozen custard, crispy cannoli shells, sweet cream filling, and chocolate chips. Go to eatandys.com for the location nearest you. That's eatandys.com. You heard Justin Reed make a great special teams play there. He is the defender at the podium for the Kansas City Chiefs today following their loss to the Denver Broncos, breaking their 16-game winning streak over Denver, also breaking Patrick Mahomes' streak of 29 straight games with a passing touchdown. The Chiefs obviously did not see the end zone in any way, shape, or form tonight, 24-9. to Let's hear from Justin Reed. The defense was not the issue here, even in a game that ended with 24 points. That last field goal obviously just putting it away. The Broncos' three touchdown drives went 39 yards, 50 yards, and 10. Not the way you want things to go. Let's hear what Justin Reed had to say about it. Um, it's a hard-fought game, man. Um, I want to give credit to them because they had a good game plan for us coming in. Um, those guys fought hard, and I've been on that side of the football before on a team that's going through what they're going through, and I know what these divisional games mean. And you know, they came in and they fought hard. They had a good plan for us, and um, they made the plays when they needed to make them. And you know, we fell short on our end. Them 
Well, you don't try and change too much. I mean, that's his game. Um, if they start calling it, you got to just try and play maybe a little bit differently. Um, but you don't want to change your style of play too much to where you're not the guy that you, you don't feel confident out there. Um, like I said, man, this is a team we know each other's personnel extremely well. And they came in with something to prove after um, how the first game went, and they came out and did it. So, you know, it was a good, good job by them. Yeah, uh, so we come out of half, um, still 14-9 at this point, and they get in field goal range. I felt like we just needed a spark. You know, I just wanted to try and create a spark to um, uh, be able to get some momentum going so we can go out and um, try and change the tide of the game. Um, earlier, the first um, extra point that they kicked, I actually didn't rush because I just um, paid attention to their snapper and what their, their snap count looked like. And then I was just going to save that in my back pocket for a big time of the game to come out and use it. And I um, was able to take advantage of that. Jump the snap and uh, get a block. Yeah, um, well, there's just a lot of things to build off of. You know, there's things that, you know, I'm so proud of as a defense that we did and the effort and the fight that we showed, the grit. Um, but there's still a bunch of ways for us to get better just across, across all three phases. And, you know, so it's, um, it's a good reality check for us. Um, the reason that you play the games in the NFL is because there's no guaranteed wins, especially when it comes to the division. Um, and we know that, you know, every game is going to be a tooth and nail game, so we're just going to have to come out with a better game plan um, and a better mentality as players um, to make sure we go out and execute the game plan that the coaches put together for us. Um, definitely some different looks. They, I mean, they, they stood true to who they were, but they just put some wrinkles in it to make it maybe have a different flavor. I thought that they ran the ball really well on offense, and I think that that was the biggest key to um, them having their success. So um, we're going to really need to tighten up the run game on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, it wasn't like guys had the wrong attitude, but um, – you just got to go out there and just be aggressive, man. Like when the opportunity's there to make plays, you just got to go out and make them. And, um, you know, it's okay to, that you come out and you maybe get on your heels in the beginning, but you got to be able to shake back from that and um, overcome adversity and uh, not fold. And I found a lot of ways that we didn't fold. Um, but still, nonetheless, I think that we can come out stronger than we did. Um, yeah, they just, um, they, they, they get, took some game plan notes from the Chargers game and used a little bit of tempo. Russ was using tempo to get to the line of scrimmage real quick to make us um, show what type of defense we're in. And then from there, he was making checks at the line um, to put themselves in the right place. So that was a good job by them. We're just going to have to change up, the, change up the looks better and be able to hold disguises better um, so that teams won't be able to ID what we're trying to do and be able to check into the right call. Were you surprised y'all didn't overcome that adversity you spoke of given you've done it well, I mean, shoot, man. You, you have 15 at quarterback. You have Andy Reid as a head coach. And, you know, the players we have on this team, I never feel like we're out of a game. You know, I don't, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what the score is. Um, it never feels like we're out of the game. We just got to, you know, bow up on defense, get the ball back in 15's hands. And, you know, most of the time he's going to make magic happen. But, you know, he's human too. Yeah, we um we take this one on the chin and get better from it. You know, we don't soak on it too long. We want to watch the film, get better from it, 
and prepare for a very talented Miami game because this will be a very big game and um, seeding come to the postseason. It's going to be a huge game and some interesting things there from Justin Reed in our Locker Room Report presented by Twin Peaks. The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. The mandatory precursor to this is, once again, the Chiefs' defense is not the reason they lost this game. They gave up three touchdown drives, all of them on 50 or shorter yard drives, one of them exactly 50, one of them 39, one of them 10. Didn't even have to look at my notes that time. I've already got those three numbers memorized. But when Justin Reed says, you know, it's the mentality and the follow-up question about the defense not having the right attitude, he said, I'm not going to say that we had the wrong attitude, but talking about being on their heels a little bit in the beginning. They did give up a drive, a touchdown drive on the first drive of the the game, in extreme rarity. Not the first one this season, the first opening drive touchdown. I don't think the Lions, the Lions would have been the only one. I think would have reasonably been there, but I think they said that on the broadcast. That was the first one this year. They did respond pretty well. They, the the punt return was just great. The first time the Chiefs punted. It's not a not a great. It was a fine punt, I guess, but the, the return was not helpful. And then it's the muff and uh, the turnovers, put the defense in bad positions. So when he said you got to get the ball back to fifteen tonight, fifteen needed to put some points up and let the defense handle business. Again, this is about the microcosm of all of it. This, this individual game, but in this individual game. Justin Reed has less to answer for than Andy Reed and and Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from both of them on the other side of this. We'll hear, hear from Andy Reed next and Mahomes shortly. But on the other side of this timeout, we will go ahead and burn one of ours here uh, before we come back and hear from the Chiefs head coach about an, a really frustrating loss to the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs now have two losses on the season and next up head to Germany for the Miami Dolphins. We'll hear from Andy Reed next in the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Fourth and two. Rush to the air. Now he wants to run. Tranquil chasing. The dive. Did Tranquil get him in time? It looks like he did. True. Tranquil comes up with a huge play for the Chiefs, and they're short at the mark. Is true. Field was a fumble forward and out of bounds by rule. The ball is returned to the, to the spot of the fumble. It's going to be short of the line of the game. First down, Kansas City. Denver cannot cash in on the interception. With good beginning field position, the Chiefs defense does their job. And Tranquil was right there. That call is really on the nose. And it is our defensive play of the game brought to you by Slegel Fence. Slegel Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slegelfence.com for your free estimate. Here's why I say that call was pretty on the nose. Matt Derrick, who we'll talk to here in 20 or 30 minutes or so, tweeted out a stat that is really shocking. 
It's a great stat. It's very telling. It's not a um, sensationalistic stat. It's not a nitpicky one. It's just going to make you more frustrated. For Matt Derrick on Twitter. Chiefs defense yielded 3.69 yards per play versus the Broncos. The team is 71-26-2 when giving up fewer than 3.7 yards per play. The last loss, 13-10 to to the Oakland Raiders, September 20th, 2009. The Chiefs haven't lost a game when they have allowed less than 3.7 yards per play since 2009. This is the first time this decade, obviously. It happened four times in the 2000s, four times in the 90s, six times in the 80s, nine times in the 70s, and twice in the 60s, according to Matt Derrick. This is the game where I understand the defense feels like they could have done more. And that's I think that's true. They could have done a little more. Now, getting off the field, forcing a punt, and then going back on the field at the 10, I think you expect your team to give up a touchdown in that circumstance. But the defense did their job. They really did. The defense did their job today. And the offense didn't. We'll hear what Andy Reid has to say about that as the head coach press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit brogdonautomotive.com. Also brought to you by Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware. They're your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenience store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com. We'll open it up from the top here with Andy Reid, his opening statements and injury updates after the Chiefs fall to the Broncos. All right. uh, The only injury really is Willie Gay. Um, The rest of the guys will be sore, but uh, Willie has a tailbone issue. We just got to check it out and see see where we're at with that. Uh, Five turnovers. I, I think that's the obvious 0-3 in the red zone, um, 17 points. We gave them really off of turnovers, great field position. Uh, I take full responsibility for it. You know, the guys, uh, I saw things tonight that I, or this afternoon that I haven't seen before uh, from the guys. So um, that's my responsibility to make sure they're right and uh, we weren't right today. So that time's yours. Saw things he hadn't seen before. He's got to make sure they're right. But they're just not not locked in. That's sort of Justin Reed's kind of opening thing there, talking about the attitude. And also, Willie Gay would be a big loss if that misses if he misses any time at all, especially going to, to Germany for Miami next with no Nick Bolton. I think that the starting group with Gay and Tranquil being your, your two kind of base guys, this group is still in good shape. But once that thins out even more, that's concerning. And, of course, he's right. Five turnovers, over three in the red zone, 17 points off turnovers. That's all what happened. But why did it happen? Saw things he hadn't seen before. Got to make sure they're right. Kind of a weird one. 
Uh, next here, we'll hear Andy Reid touch on a whole bunch of things. The end of the winning streak, the red zone issues over the last two weeks, McCole Hardman, any positives, Patrick Mahomes' health. But first, his thoughts on those turnovers. Um, I haven't seen the five turnovers. And I've seen, I saw people, you know, that were involved with that that I haven't really seen involved with those type of things. Yeah, he was okay. I mean, you know, he was sick, but he's not going to use that as an excuse, and none of us will do that. I mean, he wasn't feeling well, but he, he was able to, you know, do some good things out there. No. No. No, there wasn't. You know. But, you know, you, you miss off an inch in this league and it's a mile, so it just uh, kills you. So you can't you can't be off not like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's not just McCall. I mean, it's we all had a piece of this thing, so you know. Coach, maybe a one for eight red zone against Denver this season. Things aren't anything that you all Well, they yeah, they did better. We we didn't execute the way we need to. I got to go back and look at the things that I called. You know, not very good. So. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, things happen. I mean, you you got to work it out and take it to heart and learn from it and move on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to figure out what they learn. I mean, we're going to hear from Andy Reid tomorrow again as well. So he says they got to go back and look at what he called and everything. I mean, yeah, there are plenty of things that didn't go well. Um, Andy Reid's always, I think, you know, this is probably a positive thing, but he's, he's quick to say, yeah, that blames on me, whatever. But that, that latter part of, uh, well, let's let's figure out what what we can learn from to get better. That's a, a little bit more of a compelling line of thinking to me because that uh, the specifics tomorrow might be interesting if we can get any of those from Andy Reid. Uh, but last one here from him, what he heard and saw from Russell Wilson and uh, also at the end asked about Patrick Mahomes' finger that they mentioned on the broadcast. No, I, I mean, listen, he's a good player. So, I mean, however I answer that doesn't come out right, but I, I would say that wasn't the problem. Uh, it was basically the same stuff they've shown. Yeah. They did a nice job, though. You know, they did they did a better job than we did. Yeah, he, yeah, he scratched that thing up pretty good. So he'll get that worked on. So it was on serious on the hand, and that was it. For Andy Reid, nothing new from the Broncos, it seems like. Maybe on either side of the football. They said, again, the Chiefs didn't execute, and they've got things they need to be better at. Yeah, we we saw all those things. I'm sure Andy Reid's as frustrated as anybody, but figuring out what that is is a big test coming next when they have to head to Germany for Miami. And uh, coming off that Chargers game, I'm really most interested to hear from Patrick Mahomes. We'll do that next in the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. 
First and ten. And it is Dennis Gilman, ball charge free. On the hit by Jewell. It's vacuumed in by Simmons. Was it a catch? Right now they're signaling it was in a fumble. Eight-yard run back and a turnover. Let's see. Does he make a football move? One, two. I believe it is a fumble on the hit by Josie Jewell. In a very ugly football game, that may have been the ugliest play. That's our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Owning a house can be a problem, an ugly problem. Repairs, taxes, mowing the yard. Let We Buy Ugly Houses be the solution. Call 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. A lot of wondering right now if the Chiefs will be buyers at the trade deadline. I am continued to be inclined against it, and the Chiefs are just going to have to deal, I think, with the, you know, issues with the way they approached a couple position groups this offseason. And certainly you need to see better performances from Juwan Taylor and the entire offensive line. He just happens to be the newcomer with the big price tag, Joe Tooney. Uh, a couple times he was in the backfield also, which is rare. That Rare enough to make me think that maybe it wasn't stuff that was his fault. Uh, he also is making a tremendous amount of money, especially as a guard. Uh, but just so many things were not working together offensively today, and uh, it's hard to figure out exactly where to, to put that blame, where to put the exact frustration, and where this leaves the Chiefs now. But the offense really truly was the issue today. We'll hear what Patrick Mahomes had to say about it in mere moments because the quarterback press conference is brought to you by Kansas City Acura Dealers. As our as our hometown team in red marches towards another epic year, visit your Kansas City area Acura Dealers to score a jaw-dropping deal for you on new and pre-owned Acura models. Plus, get overpaid for your trade. Shop your Kansas City area Acura Dealer at your Kansas City area accurate dealers let's go ahead and go to the quarterback now Patrick Mahomes at the podium starts off here by being asked about the uh, flu feelings when he started feeling the symptoms and uh, what that process was like for him how it went today the finger the symptoms the flu all of that it's a uh, fast happening press conference here for Patrick Mahomes yeah I just started feeling bad last night um, but thought I bounced back pretty well in the morning so just kind of just trying to do whatever I can to, to go out there and play my best football. Any thought you wouldn't play today? Uh, no. Pretty disassociated about the game overall. Yeah, it was wasn't good enough. Um, obviously the turnovers, but just in the execution in general. Um, I mean, they did a, they have to do a good job against against us with their defense, but we got to execute at a high enough level, and we we clearly haven't done it in the two games we played against them. Yeah, I don't know exactly. From what it looks like, I got stepped on. Uh, I didn't notice it until I started walking to the sideline after the, the fourth down play. Patrick, you said you were feeling bad. Can you explain maybe stomach stuff? Yeah, just just stomach stuff, you know. Um, it is what it is. Patrick, the one play, uh, I think you had Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to make something happen. Um, obviously, we weren't in the right situ- uh, the right situation as far as the the score and then the down and the distance. I'm um, just trying to make make something happen back there. Obviously, got caught <clears throat> got caught turning too many times. I mean, their offense line is trying to do whatever they can to give me time, and so um, just obviously, you just got to try to find a way to maneuver myself out of the pocket to to get a throw downfield. 
yeah, we, I mean, we weren't down there too much today. So, but the two times I think that we were just got a couple couple third downs that were manageable and just didn't execute. Um, and that's what that's what kind of was the the theory of the entire day and the the last time we played them. Played pretty much the same as they did last week, last time they played us. So um, it worked once, and they, they ran it again, and it obviously worked again. That last one, I think, is probably the most interesting thing and the most damning. Patrick Mahomes says the Broncos' defense played pretty much the same as they did two weeks ago. And the Chiefs' offense wasn't very good against the Broncos two weeks ago. They had a good offensive game against the Chargers, and two weeks to retool for the Broncos. This entire week of game planning should have, to my understanding, been about how we come up with a better plan of attack for the Broncos. And nothing new came of that. Look, but Mahomes there said like executing like five times. It, 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 execution means players playing. Generally speaking, that's kind of the shorthand. If it's execution, it's the offensive line didn't block well enough. Or communicate well enough. It's the wide receivers didn't read the defense well enough, didn't catch the ball well enough, didn't secure the ball well enough. If the quarterback doesn't execute, he's not reading the defense well enough, not throwing the ball well enough, not making good enough decisions. That's execution, which is what Mahomes said time and time and time again there. But it's not like the the, the, the Sky Moore drop, the fourth down deep shot, that's just a drop, and the play was there. But if the defense across from you does pretty much the same stuff they did last time and you have all the same issues, that's also coaching. Again, it's it's very hard to, to say here's a coaching success or a coaching failure or whatever. Because most of the time coaching is behind the scenes. It's why, like, fourth down decision stuff ends up being the element of coaching we talk about the most. It's because it's the part of coaching we can really see. Even play calling and stuff has, has other layers to it, right? But, man, if it's just all the same stuff that happened two weeks ago, you didn't have a, you didn't have a wrinkle to throw out there? There's nothing new. In a lot of ways, that's, that's as concerning as anything to me. Because that just, again, I, I said earlier, this this game, by and large, it, it felt both stale and gadgety. It, it felt played out and familiar and too tricky for its own good. That's tough, man. That's a tough one. I don't know if they just didn't feel like bringing anything new to the to the Broncos game, or again, if there's a... An element that's just not there. Somebody earlier mentioned Eric Bieniemy, and I like, we can't just say you miss Eric Bieniemy when you lose a game, and you you don't miss him when you win. It, but I don't think that's what I think that was Gary's take. I don't think that's what he was doing. But you also have a bunch of young positional coaches in like high ranking positional spots. I mean, Andy Heck, the the O line coach, has been here for a million years, and he's helping with the run game stuff. We know all that. But 
I don't know if the the combination of Matt Nagy back and being the OC and then first-time positional coaches at their position for quarterback and running back and wide receiver. Andy Reid, maybe he doesn't feel like he's got the players to to come up with standard stuff that that typically wins. I don't know. Again, this is is a wide, wide net because I don't think... I, I, I think it would be unfair of me to be extremely confident that I know exactly which coach cost the Chiefs today. But that that feels like those that series of answers there feel like Mahomes trying to take the blame and trying to put it on the, the, the player's execution. And that, that last little one to me just sounds like they didn't bring anything anything special to this game, which is disappointing. Next chunk here from Mahomes. Uh, this is his first loss on the road in the AFC West, his first loss to the Broncos. Uh, he, he hits both of those and also is asked about encouraging young receivers after mistakes. But first, here he was asked if the Broncos paid more attention to Travis Kelsey today. No, it was similar similar zone type coverages. Um, they did a good job of not letting him have the easy ones, I guess, at the line of scrimmage. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, just, just got to execute at a higher level. I got to be better, and the offense has to be better. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna know that I'm gonna keep firing it to them. That's just who I am. I'm gonna keep firing it to the open guy and letting them make plays. And I trust in those guys. It's just we got to continue to get better and better because as the season goes on, we continue to play good teams, even better teams probably. Um, as the season ends, um, some of our main I guess rivals, you I guess you would say. And so uh, we got to be better because those little little things, not just drops, but just little things, add up. Um, and the Broncos did a great job of making us be patient. Um, and, and like like I said, they, they had a great game plan and executed it, and uh, we didn't execute and score any points. Other than Arrowhead, this is where you won the most. If you take time to reflect on how successful you've been here before and just how different it was to be obviously the Broncos where I came from. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's the, the worst I felt walking out of that stadium. So, uh, the, I mean, it's a great environment. I actually have a lot of fun playing here. Um, the fans are awesome. Um, they enjoy the game. They know the game. Um, but uh, – it just kind of is what it is. They beat us. They were the better football team today, um, and I give them their props. Yeah, talking about that, this is the first time, sorry, this is the first time where you've lost in a road, a road game in the AFC West. You talking about that kind of how it feels. Is this a new feeling altogether for you? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, like I said, it kind of is what it is. I mean, it's probably going to happen at some point. Um, but we try to do whatever we can to bounce back. That's all you can do. Um, you got to learn from the mistakes that you made this game. Um, try to be better um, going into Germany this next week. Um, and uh, kind of get the momentum back in our favor. Uh, obviously, uh, today wasn't our day, but we can continue to get better and better. I don't blame him for this, but there's just not a lot that he's saying because there's not a lot to say by and large. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any answers. He hasn't rewatched the game. He just played in it and all of that, but it just it's a lot of execution, a lot of got to be better, a lot to learn from. I do think they're going to learn from it. I think next week in, in Germany against Miami is going to be a, a very different vibe. But nonetheless, what a frustrating way for this game to uh, to sputter out. Last clip here from Mahomes. The focus the next few days, why that offense was out of sync, and also avoiding a domino effect with this loss. But first here, Mahomes asked about where his focus is going to be the next few days. Yeah, you go back, watch the tape. Um 
you know, know <clears throat> knowing that uh, teams are going to replicate it and they're going to do their different versions of it and try to find answers for that. Um, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, they've seen two out of the last three weeks the Broncos be able to kind of stifle our offense, if that's the right word, and really just kind of get after us as far as making us execute all the way down the field. Um, and so I'm sure other teams in the league are going to watch that, and we have to have, we have to prove that we have answers for that, and uh, that will be something that I'll go back to the the film and really uh, try to pay attention to. Yeah, we just didn't play good enough. Or enough energy for the offense. Um, we didn't hit our shots when they were there, and then and then when they were there, we didn't execute it there. So uh, it was just a bad day for us. Um, but I, all like I said, all props to them, man. They played their tail off, and they deserve to win today. It won't be. The answer at the end might make you feel a little better. Because that, that feels like Patrick Mahomes giving the the walk-off three-word answer you'd like to hear. It won't be. It will not be a domino effect. I believe him. But the answer before is the one that's most interesting to me. So why were they out of sync? Didn't play good enough. Not enough energy for the offense. They didn't hit their shots when they were there. And when they were there, they didn't execute. And they, in these cases, varies. It's, it's, a, it's what you want a leader to do. When something goes bad, it's our fault. When someone else does something well, it's their achievement. You know, we weren't good enough. You did a great job. We are in this together, but if you make a big play, it's your play. That's what you want from a quarterback. It's what you want from people in positions of leadership. At the very least, share the blame, certainly while you're also sharing the credit. Mahomes is always good at that. Andy Reid says it every time, and he's going through that. It's not as convincing because I've heard him say it a lot more. But if there wasn't enough energy... It does seem like there are a few things we've heard from Reed, Mahomes, and Justin Reed that they weren't fully up for this game, and the Broncos are tired of losing to the Chiefs. That was sort of the culprit week one also. It was, hey, this is just another game. Well, it wasn't for the Lions. The Lions, that game meant something. That was the Lions banner game. The Chiefs didn't play like it. Frustrating loss and a lot still to talk about. We'll do that with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest next on Sports Radio 810 WHP Kansas City. Third and four. Here comes Cole Loftus. It's a fumble. Cole Loftus was right there. Did Willie Gay get it? Yes, he did. Gay retrieves it. Cole Loftus stripped him of the ball. And the Chiefs get their first takeaway today on a fumble by Russell Wilson. Well, Russell's just trying to buy time. There's two receivers going deep into the end zone. Karloftis just doesn't give up on it. You see, he, he doesn't get him the first time, and he just keeps attacking. He's able to get that swipe. That moment felt huge. That moment feels like it happened six months ago. It was a hell of a play, though. In fact, our play of the game brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities, member FDIC. 
It was one of the highlights from the Chiefs defense, and a Chiefs defense, as we read a little bit earlier tonight, via this statistic, tweeted out by one Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. The Chiefs defense yielded 3.69 yards per play versus the Broncos. The team is 71-26-2 when giving up fewer than 3.7 yards per play. They haven't lost giving up fewer than 3.7 yards per play since September 2009 when the Raiders were in Oakland. It's a brutal stat and in a lot of ways a brutal game to discuss. We'll do that now with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, ChiefsDigest.com. Brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. Matt, is there anyone who could potentially lend a wide receiver to the Chiefs for the remainder of the season? I mean, I, I, I think you have to make some calls and see if there anybody will. Uh, I, I remain pessimistic mm-hmm. that such a thing will happen because, as we've kind of talked about before, you know, you've got to have the, the right combination of player and team availability and willing to make a trade and salary cap and all of that. And then, you know, you have to consider what kind of receiver can come help the Chiefs. And I think there's only about maybe two unicorns out there that you would say could help the Chiefs and everybody else I think is just fool's gold. I I agree with your pessimism and with there being a lot of fool's gold. I am curious who the two that you're thinking of are. I mean I don't even I don't know that they're necessarily available but the only two receivers that I hear anybody talk about that could possibly be in a trade at the trade deadline would be DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. Yep. And anybody else is pointless because the I mean Granted, you know, we haven't seen too many unicorn kind of trades, like I say, acquisitions, because when we are talking about midseason acquisitions, the best one that the Chiefs have ever made and really ever made under Andy Reid's been Kadarius Tony. Yeah. And that was, you know, under two hundred yards. So And as, and as a part of the about? as a part of the group right now that that pitchforks and torches have been brought to uh, to try to retool. Like Kadarius Tony is still here. That that wasn't just a thing that ended after the Super Bowl. No, and, and I mean, it's not, not to disparage even Kadarius Tony because he made a couple of really big plays last year. Maybe they yeah. don't win the Super Bowl without him. Sure. But if you think it's a panacea that is just all of a sudden going to cure the Chiefs' offensive idols, I mean, we we talk about chemistry for a reason and not uh, knowing each other. And, you know, right now we, we see a lot of receivers that don't seem to be on the same page with Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know how a guy that has never played with him before is going to come in and all of a sudden be a quick fix. I mean, like I say, there's two, maybe two receivers available at the trade deadline, potentially, yeah. that could be difference makers. And everybody else, I mean, it would be you, – you would only be making the move, like, which was what Chief said last year when they got Kadarius Tony. That was a move for 2023, not necessarily for 2022. Of course, it hasn't really worked out for 2023 the way that they imagined, but that's what you're usually dealing with when you pick up somebody's trade deadline. Very rarely is it, especially an offensive player in an Andy Reid offense, is it a player who's going to come in and make a difference? I agree, top to bottom. There, I also just want to shout out how good of a point it is that yeah, that was the that was the line with Kadarius Tonius. He could help some stuff with some stuff now, but this is really a future play. And uh, again, he's still on this roster. I 
He's on this roster because I remember. I don't know that he's on this roster because the Chiefs' uh, offensive coordinators or coaches or head coach seem to necessarily remember because he's he's a bit player. I mean, and it feels like there are a lot of those right now. I, uh, I we'll, let's hold the defense because I I think you've already begun to march in, in what I am thinking is the right direction on that. Who, who's the receiver today that that had the worst game? Is it is it Sky Moore for dropping a bomb touchdown? Is it MVS for the fumble and uh, having an NFL quarterback tell a six year vet to come back to the football? Which who had a, who had a worst day today? Ooh, wow. Um, you I mean, gosh, the the fumble was bad. Um, the sky more the sky more catch i mean i don't know what we kind of expect i mean that's not to throw sky more under the bus but it, it was a difficult catch should he have made it could other receivers have made it i mean we're so used to tyreek hill making that catch yeah. in the past yeah. and that's it's not sky more's fault that he's not tyreek hill mm-hmm. um maybe that was a difficult situation to put him in and as andy reed likes to say you know didn't put didn't put the player in the best position possible to make a play. That you could probably certainly say that about that play. You could probably say that about about uh, the Marquez Valdez Scantling throw too, because he had to go up and elevate for that catch. It was not a perfectly thrown ball, and then he he makes the catch and then obviously gets hit and, and it gets out. Maybe that doesn't happen if the ball is thrown better. So I don't know. Both of them are unfortunate, but I would say how to get with, with, with which one was worse. Probably Sky Moore's because that's a catch you just have to make. Yeah. Um, what What do you see when you? I mean, we've kind of alluded to it. and I've talked about it a bunch already tonight, and I'm trying not to overstate it because I think to be to be too certain about what's going on in other people's brains is a good way to start sounding like an idiot. And so I'm trying not to do that. But in real time and watching on the broadcast, we can't see what the receivers look like downfield. And in real time on the TVs, I'm watching the game on up here and everything. I, I cannot say with 100% confidence that I know exactly how an offensive line performed. Because we're trying to watch a lot, and we're doing a post-game show that starts the second the game ends. So those are my that, that's me couching all of this. What we do get to watch is how Patrick Mahomes reacts to everything around him. And Patrick Mahomes held the ball looking downfield a lot today. He bailed out of pockets a lot today. He, especially late, man, tell me if you, tell me if you disagree at all, because I still haven't seen the replay again since it happened live. But Mahomes ran straight into the defensive end who Jawan Taylor was blocking, and Jawan Taylor was in great position. He was just between Mahomes and the and the pass rusher there, just kind of holding his ground, and Mahomes bailed. Maybe he had pressure behind him, but it, it just to me felt like one of those one of those performances where fairly or unfairly, it felt like Patrick Mahomes had one guy on the field who he trusted being Travis Kelsey, and, and he wasn't even on the field and an available option all that often. Am I, am I reading that right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you are. And I have the exact same thoughts about today's situation because, you know, without knowing you know, being able to see the All-22 and knowing where the coverages were and everything, I mean, just watching Mahomes and his reaction, mm. I mean, this certainly felt like a game where, you know, hey, the Broncos were generally rushing four, they were dropping seven, playing a lot of zone, and as a result, no, there was nobody open downfield. And there was a few instances where we got to see them do some isolated shots of receivers downfield, and it didn't look like anybody was open. Mm. And, and Mahomes had plenty of time to throw. I mean, but if there's nobody open, what can you do? I mean, if there's a quarterback, you try to buy time. You know, maybe that sometimes that means running around in a circle if you're Patrick Mahomes. Yep. 
It means doing a lot of crazy things in the pocket, trying to, to buy time until a receiver gets open. But there's a couple of things that are true. One, if your offensive line gives you more than three seconds to throw, your offensive line's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. If your receivers can't get open after about four seconds, your receivers aren't doing a very good job. Yeah. So that can is a deadly situation. If you get into a situation where your offensive line is giving you plenty of time to throw and your receivers aren't getting open, what can you as a quarterback do? There's nothing you can do. Uh, and that's what it looked like Mahomes was in today. It really did. I mean, it looked like a catch-22. And, and maybe we'll find out on the, you know, when we'll go to the all-22 that maybe the flu affected him more than we're thinking and he, he missed some throws and missed some opportunities. I mean, I can tell you that he, just watching him, he made some throws, errant throws that we don't normally make him see him make. Mm-hmm. So maybe having the flu certainly affected him physically. But you're right. I mean, it's hard to get into you know somebody's mind and you know really see what they're they're thinking or what's going on. And and maybe he was seeing things that we weren't seeing, or maybe he was seeing things that weren't there. Who knows? Um, it, it, that could happen. I mean, I, God knows what I've sometimes done when I have the flu. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't think I could have gone out there and played like Patrick Mahomes did yeah. if I'm feeling that crummy. But you know, I mean, and then the question I, I got asked here at my house was, should he have played? You know, was this a game that maybe you should have gone to Blaine Gabbard? I know. I mean, I will always say play Patrick Mahomes if he says he can play. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, his postgame presser was interesting. It, he's, you know, very much more down after a loss and certainly one like this. His first road loss in the division, first loss to the Broncos, ends the 16-game winning streak, all of that. But it was a lot of, you know, turnovers. We weren't good enough. Execution wasn't good enough, which obviously is code for players executing and all of that. But he also said that the Broncos played pretty much the same things that they did two weeks ago. And again, I'm I'm being cautious about it because as hard as it is to get into one brain, it's even harder to get into a, a coaching room filled with a bunch of different offensive minds. But if if the Chiefs didn't have anything different to answer the same Broncos game plan with, it a lot of the offense today felt both stale and and kind of gimmicky at times. Like it was a lot of the the horizontal stuff, a lot of the things that we've seen that aren't fun, that aren't that aren't terribly productive, that aren't aggressive. But also, it's okay if those do turn into some chunk plays, and they weren't working today either. How do you how do you find the sweet spot there of of what the Chiefs' game plan uh, entailed and and what it means to to question an offense that that did not seem to bring any new ideas today? I'm going to absolutely infuriate part of you. Okay. And I know that deep down inside, in places, Josh, that you don't want to admit (laughs) exist, that you're going to agree with me. And that's going to be that if Isaiah Pacheco is averaging five yards a carry. Totally with you. And he only gets eight tries. Isaiah Pacheco did not get the football enough. Totally with you. And the Chiefs running backs, as it was, had... 11 touches in the backfield outside their, their catches, so 11 rushes. Yep. Um, that's not enough. I mean, especially when you're seeing what the Broncos were doing, which is exactly what they did the last time, which is that they're giving you a four-man front. They're dropping seven. They've got light boxes. You should be able to run that football. And, you know, Pacheco, yes, a big chunk of his came on that 19-yard run. You know what? Had he had 16 carries, maybe he has a couple of those. Yeah. Maybe he gets three of those. Um, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, is that football is a chess game. 
And you have got to be able to convince teams that you're multidimensional and that you're going to run the football on occasion, or else they will absolutely sell out against the run like the or against the pass, like the Broncos were doing. And we've seen it many, many times that when the Chiefs get one-dimensional and don't run the football effectively, they struggle. And this was another game to me that it seemed like the game plan just got out of whack. I mean, Andy Reid is pretty consistent. At the end of the year, you're going to look at him, and he's going to run the ball 36% of the time. But we also know that when he gets in those games where he runs it like 20% of the time or less, it doesn't end well. And because teams can just absolutely, you know, go after you in the pass game. And that seemed like a pretty good example of what happened today. Believe it or not, I'm completely with you on all of that. I did not realize that Isaiah Pacheco had five carries. There should be eight carries for five yards of carry. I did not realize it was eight. Because... The other thing, and that's what I said, like when, when I say it feels it felt stale and gimmicky, I would have loved for the Chiefs to have just a fastball they could throw. Just just one thing. Was, all right, we, we need five yards. Let's hand it to the Energizer Bunny who plays running back for us. I, I would have loved for this offense to have more time on second and five even. What, what has infuriated me over the years, of course, in the NFL is running the ball for the sake of running it, running the ball when passing is more explosive, running the ball when, you're, when your offense has better ways of doing things, whatever. When the offense is completely sputtering and, and it feels like every other play is a swing pass to Jarek McKinnon or, or something off to the sideline at the line of scrimmage that's not terribly productive, I would love to see what what has been the consistent just run run this, play a somewhat traditional brand of football, and then maybe then maybe go ahead and just see if you can have like a regular looking route combination that somebody gets open on, on on second and five. I would love for that to be in this offense's playbook and it just it just wasn't, man. I don't know. I mean, this is the, the wacky thing to me about this game and the decisions that were made by the coaches and, and how they worked out. The, the Broncos, lead running back Devontae Williams, averaged 3.1 yards a carry, mm-hmm. and they gave it to him 27 times. Yeah. They would have given it to him 50 times if they had to. <laughs> I mean, they were not afraid to just keep giving the ball to Javante Williams because you know what? I mean, as in, the, in the immortal words of Casey Printers, you average 3.1 yards per play that puts your offense in an advantageous position. Mm-hmm. It does not, mm-hmm. but... They did it. The Chiefs had their running back averaging five yards at play apart from your run, and they only did it eight times. I mean, that is just two coaches with the exact opposite approach. I mean, the Broncos went into this like, hey, no Nick Bolton. Okay, you know what, Chiefs, we're just going to run the football all day long. We're not going to do anything. We're going to try to win this game with 87 yards net passing. And I mean, and this they won. They, yeah. they, they was a, this, this was like 1976 football, Josh, and yeah. the Broncos won. What What does this say about the Chiefs' roster construction? Because that that to me feels like the one other thing in kind of the coaching and offensive play calling side of things. Which is, if you really trusted your offensive line, you could hand the ball off 15 times for five yards to carry in the second half and just go ahead and, and make your comeback that way. If you trusted your wide receivers, maybe your drop-back passing game is more productive in a way that you can let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes and survey. It, it doesn't feel like, to me, Andy Reid is, is confident that his offense, skill set-wise, is standing up to a what was horrendous Broncos defense and has, since they played the Chiefs, merely been uh, suboptimal. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to make of these two Chiefs-Broncos games because, I, I mean, I certainly thought that the Chiefs would be a little bit more wide open in this game. And once again, this does come with the caveat that, I mean, maybe this was just simply a game where 
Mahomes was affected by the flu much more than we're willing to admit or understand. But then let Zay really... Pacheco take it from there to your previous point. But exactly. I mean, if anything, this is the day to, to take the pressure off of him, yes. to have the other guys, you know, handle some things. And maybe it is lean on the run game a bit more. And I think I feel like the Broncos were challenging the Chiefs to do that. And and they didn't. And I don't know if that is just simply stubbornness on the Chiefs' part that that they had a game plan going into this game based on a healthy Patrick Mahomes and simply didn't adjust and change it based on how he may or may not have felt uh, and didn't really make any in-game adjustments, too, once they got into the flow of it. I mean, it just seemed like that they stuck with what they planned to do and didn't make any adjustments, whereas defensively, I mean, Chiefs made a ton of adjustments. I mean, the Broncos were having a lot of success in the first half, and, you know, you finally, you look at the end numbers of this game, and my goodness, I have a hard time putting any of this loss on the Chiefs' defense because it's, I mean, one, it's a miracle they kind of gave up 24 when you look at the Denver's offensive numbers. I mean, yep. the Chiefs still outgained the Broncos. Broncos had 240 yards of offense in 2023. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, you get 240 yards of offense in this day and age in this league? Tells me you're a terrible, terrible team. I'm, I mean, I'm just going off tonight, Josh. This, I appreciate this game it. Has gotten, this game has gotten me in a mood. It's terribly frustrating. But you know what? I mean, when your offense buries you in a hole and gives the – and special teams, too, because one of those was a special team disaster. Yep. But the Chiefs – or the Broncos, rather, had three touchdown drives, averaging 33 yards a drive. Yep. Um, asking your defense to stop that is – Malpractice. Yep. Your def- no defense in the world is going to stop that. The, I mean, the the Ravens' defense of its prime is not going to stop that. The monsters of the midway are mm-hmm. not going to stop that. The purple people eaters will not stop that, Josh. 39, 50, and 10 yeah. were the yardage lines. What's up, Dylan? Dylan, Dylan yards was, a drive. So I want you to say it, Dylan. Say what's on your chest. Dylan has feelings. I want him to I was going to add Steel Curtain. <laughs> Steel Curtain would not have stopped that. The 2023 Kansas City Chiefs would not have, well. It's a miracle that they only gave up 24. It is. impressive. It is. And I, it it is such a sour way for this game to land. Anyway, we've talked about the offense a ton. Let's spend a second on the defense in a positive sense. What what did you see in a game where I was, I had a a brief moment early on of like, okay, all right, well, the Broncos are running it this way. Like, how how is this defense going to respond with a a lighter defense with Drew Tranquil out there? Willie Gay, obviously, leaving with an injury with the tailbone thing is terribly concerning for the Dolphins game. Um, You heard George Karloftis' name a ton. What what did you see, again, in some of those adjustments from the Chiefs' defense and and yet another really strong performance from them, much like in Week 1? It, it was it was a, a loss that did not feel like they gave up 20-plus 20 po- 20 points. And I guess the Lions, of course, they didn't actually because they weren't on the field for one of those touchdowns at all. But I digress. Well, one thing I was inter- interested to see a little bit is just how the some of the snap numbers come out about where guys lined up. Uh, I could be completely wrong, but it felt like Chris Jones was playing out inside a lot more than he usually does. Mm. And, and that felt purposeful, especially as the game went on. To, you know, it was, hey, you don't have Nick Bolton, so maybe you do need Jones and Naughty inside a bit more to, to crush things up against the run. That 
certainly limit Jones as a pass rusher a little bit because, you know, obviously you've seen that when you move him around a bit more, that gives him a little bit of flexibility. And, I, you know, and, and it seems like that even when given the choice on where he wanted to line up, he was choosing to, to, to line up inside. Maybe it's because he, where he just felt like he had the best opportunities. And I know there was one, uh, one third down play in particular, you know, and the Chiefs ended up, I think, getting a sack on this play. But he just absolutely backed up the left guard, Ben Powers, just directly into Russell Wilson. So, I mean, they were, they got a better push on the inside as the game went on. And I think that certainly helped against the run. Weren't a lot of holes there. Um, McLaughlin had a couple of nice runs. That was probably the only disappointing moments, I think, in the second half was when you, you know, you let basically your, your, your backup running back come in and get a couple of the big plays. That hurts. Um, but they really, you know, buttoned it up as the game went on. I mean, to be able to hold this team, like I said, to 87 yards passing net. And and just three point. I think they averaged three point eight yards on the ground as the game went on. I mean, those are games that your defense is going to win. I mean, you put those numbers up, and nine times out of ten, you're going to win the game, especially in this day and age. So I have a really hard time saying that the defense didn't do its job. I mean, this is the second week in a row where maybe the individual. I mean, like the first half last week against the Chargers was rough, but then again, you look at how that game ended up. And the numbers, just as a whole for the Chiefs' defense, were fantastic. This is kind of the same. I mean, the score doesn't look great, but when you look at the, for lack of a better term, the fundamentals of this defense, I mean, they were really strong. I don't, I don't know how I can say, other than don't commit any penalties, that you can really say that this defense struggled today. If you... If you even took away the team names and then uh, took away the the box score, took away the final score, and you just showed the the final stats away from this game, all you would have to do to get me to put my life savings on the Chiefs being the team that won this game would be to, to put a little bit of whiteout over the turnovers. I mean, that's that's the, that is the red flag in all of these like great, wow, incredible. This team out outrushed the other team three hundred to forty seven, and uh, still they lost because they turned the ball over five times. And I just don't. Again, may, maybe some of that is uncharacteristic. Like Andy Reid talked about, Patrick Mahomes talked about. I, I will also ask you this because I've I've already made my prediction for next week. Maybe in an urgency to to get away to the next thing. What does this mean for for this upcoming week? They got to get on a plane and go to Germany. Then they take on the Miami Dolphins and Tyreek Hill and a team and a game that we've been talking about since the moment the schedule came out. Where does this team go from here? What do you think this week is going to be like? Yeah, it's it's curious to me because you know I, I and I said this to someone earlier and and it's not, it's not that I regretted it when I said it, but I had something in the back of my mind when I said it. And then when I, I start doing the numbers on this whole, you know, 3.79, or actually it was on the other side with the Chiefs, because this performance today was the sixth worst per play performance under Patrick Mahomes, when they're averaging 4.82 yards a play. The Chiefs, amazingly enough, Josh, of the other five times with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback that they averaged less than 4.82 yards per play, they won all five of those games. It's unbelievable. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. One. I mean, absolutely ridiculous that you can win when your offense is that bad. But I said the one thing that at least gives you, uh, you know, at least a moment of hope is that the Chiefs don't normally put up two stinkers in a row. Yeah. But then when I put up those numbers and started going through it, this stuck out to me. November 2021. 
the the Chiefs beat mm. the Giants twenty to seventeen, averaging four point seven eight yards a play. Yep. Six days later, they beat the Packers thirteen to seven, averaging three point seven six. Those are two of the five worst performances under Patrick Mahomes, and they came six days apart. Mm. And that was at a time when the the Chiefs' offense just was playing absolutely putrid, and and Mahomes was a little bit banged up at the time. So I get it. I mean. In theory, he's not going to be having the flu next week, so you know, be better. But if this offense has back-to-back stinkers, I mean, it, I, you, you, the defense just can't hold out. I mean, especially against a team like the Dolphins. So I think you've won. You've just got to hope you're the Chiefs fan. You just hope that that this was a trap game. That this was everybody kind of had their head, their their head in Germany already. They already were thinking about the Dolphins. Just. Didn't really, you know, they the, the winning streak was in their head, and was like, all we have to do is throw our helmets on the field. We got this game. Then it's on the on the Frankfurt, mm-hmm. and and that that's ninety percent of this team's problems. But I mean, I I think the Chiefs' defense against the Dolphins' offense is going to be a fantastic matchup to watch. I think there's a reasonable chance Steve Spagnuolo and his defense can can figure out a way to slow down the Dolphins. I think that there's a pattern out there, and I think the Chiefs' defense is equipped to do it. It'll be hard without Nick Bolton, and we'll see if they have Willie Gay next week. That will be a real big question mark, but it, it should be a great game. But if this is the Chiefs' offense that shows up, they don't have a, they don't have a very good chance. If this is the Chiefs' offense that shows up. I'm glad we're exporting it. I uh, I don't I don't necessarily want any more of that produced in this country's borders. Matt, I appreciate you as always. Looking forward to talking more about the Dolphins on Friday with you in the zone. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. Enjoy Chargers Bears. We got the sporting game tonight. That's exciting. We'll have that kicking off at nine. I'm just ready for sports that aren't this Chiefs Broncos game. It's been so long since I've seen the Chiefs lose to the Broncos that I forgot what it felt like, and it feels bad. Yeah, I was, amazingly enough, I was not covering this team the last time that the Chiefs lost to the Broncos. So, I, I, hmm, I was going to say I hope you're not covering them the next time they lose to them also, but the way things have gone here, that feels way more like uh, soothsaying for me. So I guess I... Weren't you, weren't you in like high school the last time the Chiefs beat the Broncos? Yeah. The Chiefs lost to the Broncos? Yeah, I think it, uh, it's been eight years now, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think uh takes us back to uh, maybe maybe freshman year of college, something like that. I was a different person back then. I didn't have a beard for sure. And we, we love you all the more for it, Josh. Brandon Staley shaved his beard, and it seems to have fixed the Chargers, just FYI. So maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe this is my fault. Maybe I need to do that. No, you need to keep yours. Your beard is excellent, and I, I continue to root for that even uh, despite all of this. I don't hold you accountable for this loss, unlike everyone else involved. All right, we'll let you go. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate you, Josh. Take care, everybody. You can tell when it's just, you know, the, I I don't have a funny quip. I didn't have a little joke. Nothing. It's just this wasn't supposed to happen. And the way the Chiefs... I've, we've had a ton of post-game shows where the Chiefs' defense has either cost the Chiefs a game or made it stressful, whatever. I'm, I, I remember what that felt like. It's been a little bit since we've had a Chiefs offense total letdown game. And at least in week one, it was different. At least it was on a Thursday. This stinks. What doesn't stink, though, is talking to Matt Derrick, again, presented by Cap One Lending, CapOneLending.com for more information there. We'll take a break, come back, chat a little more about the football game tonight. Before we get you to the football game tonight, Sporting Kansas City versus St. Louis, uh, game one in St. Louis of the three-game series. 
Going to be a tremendous rivalry matchup here as uh, St. Louis gets to feel what it's like in the playoffs, and Sporting has a chance to end that run very, very quickly. A real nasty MLS rivalry that's been brewing for a little bit now. I think is great for the sport, good for Sporting, and exciting to look forward to uh, because it does mean we'll have something else to watch starting at 9 o'clock. We'll come back. More Chiefs postgame next. that was an excellent play there from the Chiefs pass rush and I'm gonna go ahead and give the uh, the defensive ends in particular. The Green Light today, presented by Green Light Dispensary. It wasn't a good day for the offense, but defensively things went pretty well, specifically getting to Russell Wilson the way that that pass rush did. Anyway, again, the Green Light to the defensive end unit, the pass rush as a whole, brought to you by Green Light Dispensary. Green Light Dispensary, outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best, open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Find another location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. So look, you don't need a good excuse to go to a green light, and they got like great deals and stuff all the time. But I mean, going to a green light after a Chiefs loss doesn't feel like a bad idea. Going after a win doesn't feel like a bad idea either. But right now, like, might check out their hours again. You know, might make a piss off tomorrow. What a sad football game. Joshua Briscoe and Dylan Michaels with you. Covell Hudson producing as well. Uh, as is often the case, and I, I think it's probably evolved less today than it does in other instances. But as is often the case, I feel a little bit differently about some things at the beginning of the postgame show than I do at the end. In almost every case, I feel at least a little differently from the postgame show to the zone. So from, you know, 6 p.m. tonight to 10 a.m. tomorrow, I feel a little different. I usually feel different by Tuesday. Things settle in. You know, we're at about the halfway mark. This this game probably isn't going to be the thing that derails the Chiefs season, probably. But I do think a few things have sort of settled in, perception-wise, take-wise, feeling-wise, whatever. And also, quick uh, PSA, we're out of here in about 15 minutes because the Sporting Kansas City playoff game is coming at you live at 9 here tonight on Sports Radio 810 WHB. But I tweeted during the game, and I'd kind of been working through, the workshopping the thought on this of the offense feeling stale and gimmicky. Mentioned that earlier in Matt Lane's tweet of, you know, lobbing the Rolodex of junk plays because basic, simple concepts can't work for a myriad of reasons. Matt Derrick... Last segment talks about, you know, Isaiah Pacheco was running the ball at a really nice clip. Maybe let him just sort of stomp around like he hits the ground a few more times. See if you can't get something easier for your offense, something that isn't so completely difficult, so completely laborious as so much of that game tonight was. And so here's here's my official take that I will expand upon momentarily. My official take from this game 
is that it showed a bunch of the Chiefs' major flaws that we've been discussing for months, all offseason through the season. And lots of people get some slice of the blame pie for this loss tonight. Brett Veach gets some. Andy Reid gets some. Patrick Mahomes gets some. The defense could have been better. They don't get very much, but maybe they want a bite because it's a team sport. They can have a bite if they want. But front office, coaching and players, everybody gets a slice tonight. It is an embarrassing loss. It is a frustrating loss. Even in an any given Sunday NFL, in a lot of ways, it's an inexcusable loss considering what you've done to this franchise for so long. And to seem like the energy just wasn't there is inexcusable, embarrassing, frustrating. And it should spark some self-evaluation for the Chiefs. Some things should change from this game. Chiefs 30, Dolphins 27. That's my official take. There you just you just heard it. Cause man, look, if you're not on Twitter, don't start now. It's barely it's falling apart at the seams and it's it's okay. You don't need more live action social media in your life. It's okay. If you are on it, you can follow me at JB Briscoe, whatever. But honestly, don't. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, if you're not on Twitter right now, don't 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 add to it. But right now there are two factions just going to the freaking mat, man. There it is, it is. Game of Thrones of two squadrons here. You've got the side of this is a nightmare, the Chiefs stink, they will never win again. And the, at this point, perhaps even more annoying group that is, oh, you think the Chiefs have problems? Pshaw. They won the Super Bowl. They can't have problems. Because... That's just as dismissive. It's just as reductive as it is to say the Chiefs stink and will never win again. It's way too simplistic. And evaluating NFL teams requires some nuance. It's why when the Chiefs cut Keandre Coburn, you go, oh, that's pretty disappointing that you had like a 2023 draft pick who's now on the Broncos and maybe eventually they'll let him go and he'll be a chief again, whatever. He was a healthy scratch for them today, but he's also new in Denver. So we say, oh, you care about the McCall Hardman compensatory pick? He made a play for us against the Chargers. He did. And then he muffed a punt against the Broncos. Like, don't please don't make single game mass declarations. They will almost always come back to bite you. But when we talk in the offseason about the Chiefs wide receivers not being good enough or the, the specific construction of the room being suspect, it's just as ridiculous to say they got Patrick Mahomes. They don't need receivers. Just get who you can't take your draft picks. Make sure you keep that cost down just to give, give Mahomes what you got. It's just as silly to say that as it is to say like Patrick Mahomes cannot function unless he has A.J. Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. He needs Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and DK Metcalf. Or this team will never win a playoff game. So there's a lot of gray area here. There's a lot of wiggle room that we all have to be able to, you know, have reasonable adult conversations in. But the thing that's going to be really hard for me to shake, and 
again, this is this puts the spotlight on the guy with the brightest spotlight. But watching Mahomes in this game was frustrating me. Because it felt it felt familiar in in the way that a sense of dread feels familiar. You ever like, you know, Sunday night football starting to wrap up and you got class in the morning. You got homework to do, whatever. Of course, this experience for me began in college because I was homeschooled. A little homeschool joke for everybody. Just talking about games here. But, you know, your little Sunday scaries of, uh, you know, weekends coming up. Ah, that pit in your stomach. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to get ready. All right, I'll be fine. I got a little bit of that tonight because watching a frustrated Patrick Mahomes is is one of my least favorite things in sports. And again, he was sick today, and so maybe the physical limitations meant he was never going to have a great game. I, I really don't know. But when it feels like, and the evidence I think is largely there, Mitchell Schwartz was tweeting about this as a matter of fact, saying that no one's getting open, and so they're not earning any new trust. When it when it seems evident that Mahomes on a field with 10 other dudes wearing his uniform, that he only really trusts one of them. It's a really hard way to build a functioning offense, and it's an impossible way to build a great offense. And some of that is easy to point fingers at, and some of it's actually way more complicated. Because you could say, like, hey, Brett Veach, how did you not figure it out with DeAndre Hopkins? Who, again, right now seems I would, if I could go back in time and make, make the moves necessary to make that happen, I would. I'm guessing Brett Veach probably would, too. But it has lots of repercussions. It, it, you have to make things work from a salary cap perspective. And also the, the entire frustration of the Chris Jones saga did keep the Chiefs with some more frozen money, essentially, than I think they expected. So it's even that has layers to it. But maybe the team wasn't built undeniably well. Maybe there were places they could have invested better at wide receiver. But they put a second-round pick on Rasheed Rice, who is contributing in his first year in this system, which is a rare thing, and he's looked really good with the ball in his hands. Occasionally the ball hits his hands and then doesn't go to the rest of his body, and that's unfortunate. But point being, you know, it's it's not that they haven't invested in, in options around Patrick Mahomes. It's that Sky Moore has not produced like a second-round pick, and Rasheed Rice is, and that's nice. But then what? MVS is performing like a guy who you could go long stretches of games forgetting he was on the field for. Justin Watson, more than anything, a special teamer in Tampa Bay, has convinced some Chiefs fans he's the best receiver on the team. Or at least he was before the Rasheed Rice kind of breakout continued. And and I like Justin Watson. But but Justin Watson is is more... Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, not in play style necessarily, especially for Pringle, but I mean in types of, in, in terms of type of talent and, and everything. He's a player with some good skill sets who's being used to the maximum of them here in Kansas City. And that's great. You want to have those guys. You need to have those guys. Justin Watson's not the problem. Rasheed Rice is not the problem. I love Noah Gray. 
I don't know what his role in this offense is genuinely supposed to be, and I don't know if Patrick Mahomes trusts him. MVS is a six-year veteran who fumbled the ball today and then had a ball broken up because he didn't come back to the football, which I know Patrick Mahomes was frustrated about because the, uh, the, the CBS broadcast televised Patrick Mahomes' frustration. Waving back to himself, saying, come back for the ball. Then that won't be broken up. You'll come back for it instead of sitting there and waiting for it. And to Matt's point, I think I think the receivers were probably, just by watching Mahomes, the receivers were probably in worse shape today than the offensive line was. But especially later in the game, when you could tell Mahomes was just desperate for a for a, a window, he was not helping the wider he was not helping the offensive line. The offensive line was not helping him. It was all disjointed and again felt non trusting. And then Mahomes saw Sky Moore sprinting downfield, getting behind Patrick Sertan Jr. And he put the ball in his hands. And Sky Moore dropped it. So how do you earn trust there? I'm not sure I know. They've been in training camp together. They've practiced together. We forget about Kadarius Toney for long stretches. He was around last year. Obviously, wasn't there for training camp. Nicole Hardman's returning to be like a new um, reinforcing part of this of this offense. That's not working. I mean, it hasn't so far. There's still a chance that he ends up having a role, but... It's frustrating because it's not easily fixable. Or at least the, the solution isn't obvious. Which is something you should expect when everyone, as I've already said, deserves some slice of the blame. Patrick Mahomes trusts Travis Kelsey, and defenses know that. I trust the Chiefs' defense, and the Dolphins should know that. If I had to bet on where the AFC Championship game will be held this year, I would put my money down on Kansas City and Missouri. If I had to bet on what happens in Germany next weekend, I would bet that the Chiefs have an international flight back with a victory. If I had to bet, I would say this is probably the worst offensive game for Patrick Mahomes or the Chiefs offense as a whole this year. If I had to bet, I would continue to tell you, as I told you last couple weeks, I'm completely in on this Chiefs defense. But if I had to bet... I would have gotten a lot of things very, very wrong about today's game. I don't like that opening, but it's where the Chiefs have left us. From bad football to good football, it's Sporting Kansas City versus St. Louis next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Enjoy the match tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Until then, bye, Mom.